God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for making today possible for us. Amen. And I believe that today also through the word of God, we will be blessed. Amen. We've been trying to share a few things concerning our theme for the year. Concerning our theme for the year. Striving for mastery. We've talked about how in the use of time, we strive for mastery. And last week I spoke to us about knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge. Amen. Today, I want to share with us shortly on the price of mastery. In other words, the concept of mastery is not presented on a silver platter. Amen. It is not presented on a silver platter. We strive for it. Hallelujah. We strive for it. The Lord will help us. Because it is easy to know what to do. It is easy to know what to let go of. But the required energy to rise up and to actually do it at times is missing. Yesterday I'll share with some people that Normally, we lack the energy and the desire to pursue God in the way that we should. And it is because we are still carnal and the pursuit of God does not pay materially. You understand? For instance, there are many of us that are doing wild things. We are not lazy people. We are not people without drive. But the things that we are driven towards are things that pay materially. Hence, the source of our drive is material need or material possession. For instance, some of us rise up and go to work diligently. And at work, we work efficiently. And it is because there is pay involved. But you cannot place the payment that you receive when it comes to spiritual pursuit, you cannot place that payment in the material. And we are in the world, see? And the world decides that we are relating with what is material. So the reality is that if we don't take care, we will find that 
we are motivated only in the things that allow for us to see material results. For instance, maybe some of us, if our kind of spirituality was material possession focused, maybe you will be more encouraged to come to church. For instance, if our message was on health and wealth and how you will prosper in this material world by gaining some advantage. Okay, how you get a job, how you make money, and all the things that you will see in the material. I'm sure it will be very easy to apply yourself to the things of God. But those are not the things of God. Hallelujah. They are the things of the world. So now, as you don't have opportunity to pursue the things of the world and give an excuse that you are pursuing God. In other words, you are using what is supposed to be the pursuit of God as your pursuit of the world. Since you don't have that excuse, then one of the things that you find that you are lacking is the energy and the drive to pursue the real spiritual things. Yeah, and it is because what we treasure, what we consider treasure is earthly. Do you understand that? That is how our mind is working at the moment. And that mind ought to change. That mind ought to change. For instance, we are talking about giving ourselves to knowledge and devouring knowledge. You see, except you can treasure the spiritual results and the spiritual benefit, except you can treasure it enough, you will lack the energy to pursue this knowledge. Because when you have this knowledge, it will not make you the minister of information in Ghana. It will not make you the richest man or woman in Ghana. It will not give you some properties in this world. It will not give you a house. It will not give you a car. It will not give you a fat bank account. Do you see? So why would you then pursue? Why would you spend energy to pursue something that its benefit is not praised and easily recognized in this material world? Do you see? It is when you understand the benefit as it is in the spiritual world. So the question becomes where our treasure is, right? Where is our treasure? And the Bible says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So I believe that we need a lot of help from the Lord. And then that the things that pay in the material will overtake you on a daily basis. So that you will still find that even though you know that you must be pursuing the things that are spiritual, there is not much energy. And when there's not much energy, Many things can stop you. When people give excuses, it is normally a sign that they have no interest in doing the things that they are giving excuses for. Yeah. So you find that you are giving yourself excuses as to why you cannot pursue what it is that you need to pursue. And it is not because the excuses are real or they are genuine. It is because that interest is not there and 
really your value in terms of things that you value, you place more value on what is material. It means that in the pursuit of spiritual things, we have to force ourselves. At least at the beginning stages, we have to force ourselves. And you see, being honest with yourself is an important thing. Hallelujah. If we are honest with ourselves, then we will know that at this stage, we have to force ourselves. We have to force ourselves to search for God. We have to force ourselves to pray. We have to force ourselves to study. We have to force ourselves to do the things that will bring spiritual benefit. Some of you, you have to force yourself to come to church. Do you see? And it's not something to be shy of that. Hey, even church, I have to force myself. It's because of where you are. And where you are, that is what is required. When you force yourself and you push yourself to do the right thing, then you come to that place where the doors are opened unto you and you do not have to force yourself any longer. Yes. But we want to pray for the grace of God. Amen. Because we really want to go all out for God. Amen. And do what it takes. We want to do what it takes. We don't want to be those people that have heard things and keep hearing things, but we are moving like snail, or we are taking a step forward and two steps backward. So eventually we find that averagely we have not gone anywhere. We are standing around the same place. We don't want to be like that. And the Lord will help us. Amen. The Lord will help you. I believe in the grace of God and the supply that comes from him. I believe that if we will be capable of anything, it is through the workings of God in us. And that is why when we find that we lack something, something that is required to even follow what the Lord requires of us, the one we can turn to is the Lord himself. The one we can turn to is the Lord himself. And this morning we want to turn to the Lord himself. Who else can we turn to? He is the one that we can turn to to help us to fulfill the requirements that will allow us to gain what he has to offer. Who else can we turn to? Who else can you turn to? It is the Lord that we can turn to. Turn to God and ask him for grace, ask him for strength. We want to go all out. We want to step out in a great way. And we want to become all that is possible in him. We want his desires to be realized in us. But we find that where we are beginning from is a difficult place. It is a place where it is difficult to master strength. 
the required strength. It is a place where it becomes difficult for us to achieve any form of consistency. But who else can we tend to for help? For grace. For grace. Who else can we tend to? Who else can we tend to? Beloved, I believe in the help of God. I believe in beginning from accessing his help. Because there is a lot of help in the Lord. The refuge have I none hangs my helpless soul on thee. Ali me not alone. Still support and comfort me. All my trust on thee is refuge have I now. Hands my helpless soul on thee. My helpless Leave ah, leave me not alone. Support and comfort me. Support and All my trust on thee is stayed. All my trust on thee is stayed. All my help from thee I bring. Defenseless head, with the shadow of thy wing, pray to the Lord. So much the Lord has for you. So much the Lord has to help you. 
know the hymn writer said that plenteous grace with thee is found there is so much grace with the Lord for your sake grace to cover all your sin Then let the healing streams abound. Make and keep me pure within. For thou of life the fountain art. Freely let me take of thee. Mm. Spring thou up within my heart. Rise. To all eternity. you are always helping us. We give you praise. Help us even more. Help us more and more. Help us, every one of us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Then came to him, that is Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children, with her sons, worshipping him 
and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answering, answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them whom it is prepared of my Father. Hallelujah. Now, there's an interesting story of a woman who brought her two sons. Now, these her two sons, James and John, were part of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. So, she brought them to Jesus. I think that maybe they had heard Jesus speak a bit about the kingdom of God. And like all mothers would do, she was looking for some station for her children. Interestingly, she did not say she wants to sit at Jesus' right and maybe her two sons will sit on his left. It's her two sons that she was fighting for. That's typical of mothers, right? So you can imagine a mother holding the hands of her two sons, grown sons anyway, and then bringing them to Jesus and requiring that in his kingdom, she wants one of the sons to sit on the right and the other to sit on the left. Hallelujah. You know, from her side, she being a natural person, will be looking at this or analyzing this situation as one who is natural. So you cannot read too much spiritual meaning into her own thoughts, okay? So what we can say is that she came to Jesus looking for some kind of station for her sons, amen? And she looked for the best, which was the right and the left, do you understand? But Jesus also responding to her, you know, Jesus will not respond to you based on your carnality or your natural analysis. Jesus walking the earth, everything that he did needed to be spiritual. So if she's going to respond to this woman, he will have to respond to her from the spiritual point of view of her question. So then to sit at his left and to sit at his right are the two things. See, the left side and the right side, they speak of something. Hallelujah. The left side speaks of love. The right side speaks of truth. Okay? 
And we see this a lot in marriage. You see that in marriage, before the two people get married, the husband is on the left side of the woman. So if the woman is here, the husband is here. But if you pay attention, you find that after the proclamation that the two are husband and wife, when they sit down, they change. So now you find that the husband is on the right side of the woman. And it's for a reason. The reason is that before the marriage, before the Lord, the husband and the wife typify the heavenly marriage that must be between the Lord and his church. Hallelujah. And in that marriage, the Lord is the husband and the church is the bride. Now, the bride represents the part of the union which speaks about wisdom or about truth. That is why the New Jerusalem speaking about the bride or the wife of the Lamb. It is about the doctrine with its inherent truth that belongs to the new church. Amen. All right. So in this case, the woman representing the church is speaking of truth or wisdom. That's why Paul said that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Amen. All right. But the Lord represents that which is good. And that is what the man is representing. So between the Lord and the church, truth is always at the right hand of good. And good is always at the left hand of truth. When I say good, I mean what is love. We define what is good based on what is of love. So we say, is this good or is it bad? We determine whether it is good or it is bad based on what is of love. So love is on the left side of truth and truth is on the right side of love. Now, the right side speaks of the place of power. And that is what truth is. Truth is the means by which whatever needs to be accomplished will be accomplished. That is truth. So truth is the power of God. The Bible says all things were made by him. Speaking of the word of God. All things, that is truth, right? All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus speaking about the truth of God within our spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. He says that ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Hallelujah. So the truth of God is speaking always about the power of God and therefore is at the right hand. Now, that's what the two are representing. The husband and wife before the marriage. But after the marriage, the reason why there is a change is that now they are supposed to go and live in the marital life in a certain way. Listen to this. Before the marriage, when they are going to marry, they represent the Lord and the church. So the husband represents the Lord, the wife represents the church. And that is why they stand in the way that they stand. But after the marriage, they must go and live before the Lord in a certain way. So after the marriage, both the husband and the wife now assume positions that make both of them represent the church. Before, the husband is representing the Lord, the wife is representing the church. After the marriage, the husband and the wife both are representing the church. That is what people must understand. Because people think that in the marriage, the husband represents the Lord. No, in the marriage, the husband does not represent the Lord to the woman. You are not your wife's Lord. Amen. 
you are co-equals in the marriage. It is before the marriage that the heavenly representation. It means that as you are marrying, you are representing the heavenly marriage. And that is the marriage between the Lord and his church. That is the marriage between love and wisdom. And that's what is typified. But after the marriage, both husband and wife must live before the Lord as the church, both performing their roles towards each other. So after the marriage, the husband now represents truth. Truth. And the wife represents a life according to the truth, which is good. After the marriage, the husband represents truth or wisdom. And the wife represents a life according to that truth, which is good. When we live according to truth, what we do is good. And that's what the two represent. So in terms of their station in the marriage itself, then the wife is now representing what is good because that is a life according to truth. And the husband is representing what is true. And that is why then after the marriage, the husband must be at the right side of the what? Of the woman. I explained this so that you see what Jesus' understanding of the right side and the left side be. It has to do with what is of love and what is of wisdom. So in before Jesus, what the woman was asking for is actually legitimate. Hallelujah. That we have been called to sit at his right side and his left side. We have been called to be inheritors of what is of love and what is of wisdom. Now, Jesus saying that it is a difficult thing. Let's read what Jesus' response. But Jesus answered, said, ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink? You see, Jesus mentioning this is in no way suggesting that what she asked for was wrong. It is an understanding of rather what it takes to obtain what she is asking for that Jesus is talking about. That understanding as to what it takes. So for instance, we are talking about striving for mastery. The question is, do you know what it takes to actually attain unto this mastery? We are talking about striving for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The question is, it would take something. So Jesus is asking, are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of? Hallelujah. Are you able to drink the cup? So it means that there is a cup that we must drink of. And remember, cup within it is wine that is truth. Are you able to drink of the cup? So Jesus is actually mentioning the two things that I've explained to you. Because the baptism is the removal of the evil so that good may be placed in the heart of the person. So Jesus here is speaking of the two things that I've spoken about, which has to do with truth and then good or love and then wisdom. That's what Jesus is talking about. So Jesus said, are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Are you able to go through what you need to go through? Are you able to go through the mail? Are you able to go through the process? Are you able to suffer what you need to suffer? Suffer the loss. Paul said that all the things that were gained to me, I count them as what? Loss for the sake of the what? Excellency of the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
There are things that he has to count them as loss. There are things that he has to suffer a loss of or the loss of. He had to lose some things. And Jesus is telling the woman that this is the requirement. So what you are asking for, because he goes on to say that, yes, indeed, they will drink of the cup and they will be baptized with the baptism. Hallelujah. So it means that this thing that Jesus said, that are they able to drink? It is not like they can't drink. It is that this is what is required in order for what the woman is asking of him to be given. To drink of the cup and to be baptized with the baptism that he's supposed to go through. There is the knowledge of truth that must proceed into the inward parts. There is the washing and cleansing from evils. There are things that we will suffer the loss of. There are things that will be cut away from us. Hallelujah. Our sense of pride will be taken away from us. Our sense of accomplishment in the world, as we value our sense of being something in the world, it must be given up. We must give up our desires. Be cleansed from, not that they are good desires, but still God says we must give them up. Paul said, I consider them as dung. We must consider them as dung. So that then in giving them up, we know that these are things that must be given up. These are the requirements. Hallelujah. There is a price to pay. There is always a price to pay. If you want to convince yourself that there is no price to pay, you should know that you are lying to yourself. That is why any kind of Christianity that is presented without the understanding that there is a price to pay, it produces hypocrites. Because then we do not change from what we are. Because to change from what we are is what will require the paying of the price. There's no spirituality without the paying of the price. Hallelujah. There's no spiritual gain. There's no spiritual gain. There's nothing to gain spiritually except we pay the required price. Hallelujah. And the required price has to do with what must be taken away from us. What must be cut away from us. What we must let go of. What we must not indulge ourselves in anymore. What we must cut ourselves away from. The prize that we must let go of. The status that we must turn our eyes from. All these we must let go. That is the price. Like they say, there's price for greatness, right? Well, and that is the case also with God. That anyone that seeks to strive for mastery at the same time must be prepared to pay the price. Anyone that is unwilling to pay the price cannot have a share in what the Lord offers. Now, the truth is that it is not that the Lord will take your price 
and do something with it. So like maybe it's a bribe or something you have to give to satisfy the Lord. No. It is what is required to make you a genuine vessel of God. So all that the Lord will require of you, that will mean that you have to pay the price. All that the Lord will require of you to cut off and to let go of. The end game is that you may be that vessel that the Lord can dwell in. You may be what the mother of James and John is asking of. That's the end of it. That you will become these things. So today my aim is to conscientize us. It will come to us at great cost. Hallelujah. And it will be a lot of cost. It will not be one cost. It will be a lot of costs. Hallelujah. And we should prepare for it. Hallelujah. We should prepare for it. The enemy will fight us tooth and nail as we seek to strive for mastery. And the only way to overcome the enemy is to let go of what it is that the enemy is using to fight you. So if the enemy is tearing up your pride and using it as a way of preventing you from moving on to become what the Lord wants you to be, the only way to win the battle is to give up your pride. So the enemy will fight us and it will be as though the enemy is going to stop us. Do you see? But that is also what God will use to refine us. That is what God will use to refine us if we will respond well. So the enemy meant it for evil, right? But God also meant it for our good. So mastery will come at great cost to you. Amen. Is it a gloomy message? I want you to just, whatever may come, should come. It is like the guys that decided that they are going to be rich. Whatever will come, no, let it come. You understand that? And they will do whatever it is. So they travel to go and look for a herbalist. You understand that? Yeah. You see, why would the fetish priest require certain things of you before you can get what you are looking for? Even in the kingdom of darkness, there is a price. You think that if you are working with the devil, there is no price, right? Because the devil, he likes to work with you. It is not about who likes to work with you. God who likes to work with you. It is about what will pave the way for you. So that whatever spirit, see, whenever there is a spirit involved, sacrifices must be made. A price must be paid. So even in the devil's camp, when men go looking for power to accomplish some things, huh? They are made to sacrifice it. That sacrifice is it so that ah, it will be so difficult that you will not do. No, it is to pave the way. 
It is to pave the way. It is to allow for that spirit that is being channeled to be genuinely channeled. I was telling Mamadi that many of the fetish priests that are around are fake. Do you understand that? Many of them are fake. The problem is not that they have decided to be fake. And like that was it. The problem is that the price to have power with hell is so costly that many of them are not able to pay that price. Some of them pay just a little so that what they can use to just show you that there's power and then from there continue with the scam, they pay. Some of them pay a little price so that they will show you something that you know this one there. No, there's something supernatural. You understand? Then the rest will be scam because there's more price to be paid and they can't pay. It's only a few of them that have power. It's only a few of them that have power. It is like those that curse. They see Diabo. Huh? You think that just because you have used your mouth to say that something bad will happen to somebody, that is all that is required to make it come to pass. No. The one that is cursing must pay a price to allow that person to be a channel of demonic projection. Not many people. Like you, when you curse, it won't come to pass. <laughs> you understand? So stop thinking that you can curse and to come to pass. It won't come to pass. You can't just curse anything. You think that there are things in the answer. Whatever words you speak, it will be taken by a demon. No. Those things are said by people that love themselves. And because of that, they don't realize that there is a price to pay. Like those that teach you the power of your words. They did not teach you that the words are not what carry power. But the heart that has paid the price, that is what carries power. And it is that heart that speaks with words. So the words are just the going forth of the heart that has gone through the process of sacrifice. They did not teach you that. So they made you think that whatever you say with your mouth, it will come to pass. And you have said things, right? It will not come to pass. You have not paid enough price. Hallelujah. Whether it is positive confession, negative confession, it will not come to pass. Hey, but the Bible says we shall be judged by every idle word. The idle word is the truth that is unpracticed in your life. And it is that truth that judges you. So you can cancel that, right? No, anybody that understands spiritual things know that just words is not enough. Hallelujah. No. Like, for instance, what I'm doing, the power that it will carry will not be because I choose the right words. The power it will carry is in the price I have paid to be able to channel the Spirit of God towards you. It's not in the words. Hallelujah. So when there's a spirit involved, there's a price. Without the price, the spirit cannot come and dwell. 
At times, the spirit may hover around and there may be some few, one or two skirmishes here and there to suggest that something is happening. But to sustain the spirit, like you see some fetish say, Owomotia, like Owomotia, you see. If the person is telling the truth, then the price he needs to pay. Hallelujah. The price he needs to pay is great. You need to sell your soul. Do things that will mean that you are selling your soul. Bring your mother. Like there's a story of the one who joined the court and as initiation, he must break one of the Ten Commandments. Do you understand that? So you you think that, oh, say Ten Commandments, we all break, right? So <laughs> as his initiation, he must break one of the Ten Commandments. So he said, okay. So he went. He said, but we will choose the one that you must break as his initiation. So they said, you must break, thou shalt not commit adultery. All right. Then they said, no, it's not just that go and commit adultery with anybody. The person you must sleep with is your mother. You see, so if you go to a fetish, you must know that you will be made to do extraordinary things. Because it is only extraordinary things that will open you up, that will pave the way. We don't sell our soul for one CD. What we are giving our soul for, we must do things to prove that we really want it. And it is when what we want and what we are doing, they meet. You see, the steps we are taking, the requirements, the sacrifice, it must meet with our desire. The sacrifice must be said that it corresponds to our desire. That's why if they tell that, do this, right? And you find that, oh, I wanted to be rich, but it is not that strong. Yeah, then you, you walk away or you run away, but then there are repercussions, right? Yeah. So if you say you want to, are you sure? But what then they will ask of you, it, it, you, it has to measure to what it is that you also say you want. So he was told that he must sleep with his mother. Now this is not a movie. And he had two weeks to do that. Otherwise, he will either die or go mad. What do you think? <laughs> so he came home. And when his mother is sleeping, he comes to pass by. And <laughs> so the day before the two weeks was over, he called his mother that he was going to join a cult. And that's, they said he should commit adultery. And the problem is that he must sleep with his mother. And he has not been able to bring himself to do it. So, tomorrow, one of these two things may happen. He may die or he may go mad. If he dies, they should just bury him. But if he goes mad, the mother should not rest till she has found somebody that can help him. Do you see? Now, this story I'm telling you is the uh, software that helped him that told the story. 
So they went to the psychiatric hospital to go and pick him. For those of you who don't know that, when people go mad, there's a lot of demonic influencing. When he got there, he called the guy's name and rebuked that spirit in the name of Jesus. And all the mad people in the place started manifesting. Commotion. So they sat him from the place. <laughs> so then he made them bring, uh, he made them bring the guy to the church, and they prayed for him, and he was delivered. And he woke up to confirm his mother's story. You see, so you want to join a court and become rich. There is an extraordinary thing that you must do. So if you want to become rich, some of you girls or ladies here, you want to become rich and you don't give this thing up, you will have to do extraordinary things. Even this one, there's no I have gone to a fetish crystal, but you have to sell your soul for it. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. So even the fetish priests at times can't pay the price. So So then they have to add some scam. So you know the scammers in the system and some of them are on television. They they are multiplying money and those things. Someone was telling me a story of some guys that went and took a charm. You realize that the juju man at least had power. That's why even the juju people a bit debiechi. There's an at times if you want the real ones, you have to travel very far. I don't know why, but you have to travel very far. Cross the river, go through a tunnel, under the rock, pass somewhere, pass the bush before you finally arrive. You see? So they took a charm. The charm was to help the guy. He was doing some importance. So to help him get his money back. You see. So that he sells a pot to SHS, I think, or SHS or GHS people. But some of them take it. And when it comes to paying him his money back, they don't pay. So now he was looking for the term that the people can't run away from him. So he went to get it. Then his conscience was pricking him. So he was supposed to do something. The priest was appearing in his dreams that he should come and do something. Long things. So that that's a priest that has paid some price to be able to at least appear in your dream. Do you understand that? Yeah. In the same way, when it comes to God too, because in God too, there's a spirit involved, and that's the spirit of God. In order to channel God and the intensity with which you channel God, it will depend on the price that you are willing to pay. Do you understand that? If we don't pay the price, we may channel somewhere to be so diluted that it will be clear that we don't have anything. So just like the fetish priest will be people that speak big things, right? But when we are challenged, and life will challenge us, right? When we are challenged, we'll be found that we can't do much. 
Do you see? I watched the video where they were looking for someone who had neck. So if you come and sit down, they put a broom like this around your neck and then they pull. If you are telling the truth, the broom will open and then like you come out. Yes, sir. Then the one that was lying came to sit there. And then they put the broom there. They pulled, they pulled, the, the broom wasn't opening. I watched the thing to search for possibility of scam. I, I didn't see any possibility of scam. I don't, like, but the broom is why they put some glue or, or the pieces. If you are trying to hold the broom together, they, nah. So you realize that no, there's some power. Some of, you, some of you, you think that there's no power anywhere, right? It's not true. There's demonic power, huh? Yeah, that can be channeled. It's an inversion of the power of God. That can be channeled. But it requires the payment of price, and not many people pay it. That's why a lot of them that say they have power, you they didn't have any power, you see. But there are those that have power. Hmm. There are those that have power. There are those that have power. Someone was telling me a story of how somebody slept with a man's wife. He said, the thing locked. He said, his eyes, he saw it. The thing locked inside like dogs. <laughs> so they put the man and the woman on track, track that they push like this. The other thing was, no, and they, so they were caught, you see. So they put them on the track like that and sent them to Ahimfi or something. So when they talk, talk the matter, and finally the one who caught them felt like, no, now he's fine. And they begged and did all those things. He brought a padlock. <laughs> he brought a padlock. And then when he opened the padlock, the thing. Are these real things that are there? Yeah. These are real things. Well, this phenomenon, you know, the doctors can't explain how it can happen. They say it happens, but they can't explain how, for the dogs, one, it, it can be explained. There's a reason why it's like that. Okay. And it's because of the way the sexual organ of the male dog is like. But with a normal human being, no. My point is, how can a human being do it? You can also take a padlock and say, this padlock, I use it to whatever, 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 whatever. It, you cannot accomplish such a thing. So how is it that one person can accomplish it and another person cannot? It is because one person has paid the price. He has sold his soul so that he can get such a power. We also, when it comes to the spirit of God, we must sell our souls. We must pay a price. We cannot live comfortably through this life and expect that the Lord will find a place in us and operate through us and expect that we can come to that place of mastery. We cannot. It would be people that talk big, big things, right? But we don't have anything. We don't have anything. Hallelujah. So what will you do? What are you willing to do to become 
something great in the Lord. Because what you will lose will cut your heart. It will cut your heart. It will be at a great cost. And the more you want to ascend with this, the greater the price. You will be weird. You cannot become a normal human being. Have you seen a fetish priest that is powerful, that looks normal before? Hallelujah. Yeah. So you will not become a normal human being. If you like your normal life, then just admit that you don't want to go anywhere with the Lord. But if you want to go somewhere with the Lord, then you must admit that then it may lead to you never having a normal life. You can't be like ordinary people who are not looking for power, who are not looking for God, who are not looking to make themselves the habitation of God through his spirit. You cannot walk like, so speak, speak in tongues. The best you get is that euphoria, right? Which after some few minutes, you are back to your normal self. But there's a sustained presence and accommodation of the spirit of God that is only bought through the pain of the price. Hallelujah. That's why we need to pray that God will help us, right? Because only a few people don't like their lives. Majority of people like their lives. Like when I see your faces, even though you want your life to improve, you like your life. You like the fact that you are a normal person walking there. But that normal person that does whatever evil, and maybe your evils may not even be big, so big, so yeah. You, you don't think you understand. But if truly you want to strive for mastery, then is going to cost us. So what will you do? Hallelujah. Some of us believe that, okay, then with time, by the grace of God, we will come to the place where we can sacrifice and pay the price. I told you those people never come to that place. When I was on campus, one of my simple considerations in terms of what to do when I'm confronted by such things is that if eventually I will do it, then let me do it now. If I have in mind that eventually I'm going to pay the price, then let me just pay the price now. Because it's, it's like that long say, a blow inevitably yours earlier encountered extricates you from what? Further Hostilities. Simple. So try a So this thing is a thing that let's just be slapped and continue on that path of being slapped so that what it is that God wants to make of us he can succeed. Let's just face it. Let's just face it. Let's not run away. Let's not run away. Let's go through the fire. The purifying fire. 
Let's pay the price. Hallelujah. What to do? You know, you can have an easier Christianity. You know that? I can show you how. You, you can just stop coming to church and find yourself, you know, a regular church and attend. And some of you, when you go there, you see the heart. I'm freer here. I'm not, I'm not always bedding then. So when you find it, then you can have your easier key. But you know that that's not Christianity. Hallelujah. So if you are going to continue to come, then let's just be slapped. Then never be slapped. Like be slapped. Receive the slap. Okay, just receive the slap or the slaps. Hallelujah. And what do you think? Let's just die. See, that's what it means to take up your cross. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Some of you, you in many cases, you feel well rested all the time. You see, if you take some of these parts, you have to say goodbye to being well rested all the time. Do you see? Because of you, the moment you are tired and you try to look for the space to just rest until the tiredness has finally left your body, then you can begin your life again. So maybe you may be a woman and your face looks pretty. Yes, but when you are not well rested, you get pimples on your face. I see yesterday is this smooth face. This is not well, maybe pimples, 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 pimples. Yes, so you may have to allow the pimples to do that because you're not going to be well rested. Because you may have to pursue some things in prayer deep into the night or early in the morning, pursue some studies, whatever, like things on your mind, uh, burdens on your heart. Like there's so much. Some of you, you may not be able to bust out with your usual kind of carefree canal joy again. See, you are going to have to be sober all the time. Because things are confronting you. You understand that? Yeah. So you have to accept that. Now, these are just even the trivial ones. So if you are going to have to take steps that will jeopardize your financial security. Right? Yeah. You're going to have to take steps that will jeopardize the status that you have obtained in this world. You're going to have to take steps against, and that's this is the most difficult one, against the things that you love, that you are caught up in. And you must always have this in mind. That if you are going to be able to channel the spirit of God in all situations where there is a spirit involved, 
great sacrifices must be paid. May the Lord help us.